Yo, what's going on, people? Welcome to Validated Radio in conjunction with Tent TV. You are now tuned in to The Essence. And I am chilling with my man, Abe, MC Abe, all the way out there overseas doing his music and everything. You know, you we were supposed to... Yeah, man, we were supposed to link up. And I know you just, you know, you got you had a client that needed some things done. And, and, and you know, you got a little caught up and... It's all good, but we're here now. You know what I mean? Very persistent client. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta love the persistent ones, man. Yeah, man. <laughs> I mean, hey, it's work, you know? <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Definitely. Um, so yeah, man, everybody, you tuned into the essence, man. This is episode 12. Um, and tonight we are gonna talk about the growth of hip hop culture. Hmm. Um, and just culture in general. You know what I mean? Because once we get on a on a tangent and we start we start going at it you know there's no telling where the topics are going to end up at and what we're going to end up talking about but right, um right. but yeah man episode 12 the essence the growth of hip-hop culture um where do you want to start man you know what's uh i've noticed and me and you both are probably not really into too big into the drill scene right but Man, I don't know if it was because of uh, rest in peace, uh, pizza, pop smoke, and you know. I ain't gonna lie, man. Pop smoke's album, pop smoke's album was kind of dope, bro. It was no, it was. I'm not even gonna hold you. That, that album, was, yeah, man, <laughs> definitely, and, and, surpri definitely surprised me, man. Oh hell yeah, man. Yeah. And one thing that I've noticed since his album came out, the the drill scene kind of exploded over, yeah, over different countries, man. Yeah, 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 man. Um, I, I was I was just talking um. To somebody else, another project that I've been working on, but um, um, in London, London's got like a huge drill scene too, you know what I mean? Um, right, and, right. And, and and I mean, and and now I mean today, man, there's just so many female spitters, man. Even oh, yeah. even even on the drill scene, there's a lot, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but yeah. but talking about like like Pop Smoke and 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 coming out of out of Brooklyn, you know, but him and like Fabio Foreign and a few of these other people from out of New York, like they've been doing this for a while. They just right. finally starting to get that look, you know right. what I mean? But they, they've they had the drill scene and it's been going on for a while. And of course that stems from Chicago. From, from, from Chicago. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I, we could start right there because I've noticed that, I, I mean, every other week I'm starting to see a new drill video from Switzerland, from France, from, you know, from <laughs> South Korea, like, and these yeah, are people yeah. that are just growing up worldwide from Italy. I saw one from Italy, man. These guys had nothing but an Italian drip on, you know, and, yeah, yeah. and you know, doing the whole drill scene. It's just, it's crazy. It's amazing how bad. But the one thing that I am um, curious to know is, do they really know what drill music is and how it started to marinate because we all know drill music from the Chicago scene and it's, it's, it, it would be like, uh, you know, in the West Coast, we had, the, we weren't called hip hop, we were called gangster rap. So the whole yeah, drill exactly. scene, has, it has to do with a lot of, you know, death and unfortunate events and yeah. stuff like that. So my thing is, I wonder if they, if they, if they know that about the actual culture of, of how, Drill ended up becoming and manifesting. I don't even it. know that. Do you know that? Is that is that something you I, can? I have no I, clue. For example, <laughs> I, he's very hard into a, a, a drill. 
and um he doesn't understand all of it but and you know when he raps drill it's like he he does his spin just the way he, you know the the way the drill rappers rap you you have that sense of how they they have their style the flow right yeah, he just yeah. raps like that but he's so in tune with uh it's crazy it's like he's doing 90s hip-hop verses but like um but on top of drill music yeah like that's it's different that's right it's i mean but kidding. it's not it's not really different because there's a lot of i mean like even Pop Smoke had bars, man. Like you know what I'm saying. Like just right, some right. of the joints on his album surprised me. Like over drill beats, but they, but these dudes, like they really, they really, they in in their in their generation in their time, like they really spitting what 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 it's all about in right, in right, their right. circle and what they do. You know what I mean? That may be a little bit foreign to us a little bit, but for them and for their fans and for their audience, they they know exactly you know what what they're talking about. Right. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, that, and I mean, with that being said, too, I'm I'm guessing like it's just uh, you know, they're they're doing their own version of it because I mean, obviously, you're not gonna rap about killing over here because there's no there's none of that going on or there's none of right. there's none of the violence that kind of follows that the 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 drill scene. So right. you know, it's like uh, it's like storytelling, but with drill. I mean, I guess you could kind of say because Vaughn, rest in peace, Vaughn too. Yeah, he was a big storyteller too. Yeah, and and. and yeah. You know, so it was like Vaughn was another one that was lyrical, though. You know what I'm saying? Right. Vaughn, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Vaughn, I mean, he was talking about his life and he was talking about what goes on where he's from, but but at the end of the day, you know, he he has something to say. You right. Know? Absolutely. Yeah. It, and and well, I can only speak for right here for Japan. Like I said, um, they don't they uh for for them it's kind of like baffling that it, you know they they think a lot of times that hip hop is just talking but it's not really what they live what they would right 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 they think right. they think it's all entertainment exactly so yeah. um and in most I, cases I I in most cases it is it is it is right but, but <laughs> then but then there's other cases where it's like all right this is not really entertainment this is this is this really is what's shit. this is really what's <laughs> popping off yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah so so i mean i i can only speak for japan but i wonder if any other country that's really adapting to that 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 side of the culture really understand how, right. what what it stems from what right. real music stems from and that's just kind of like my biggest ponder right now at this point I'm, i mean don't get me wrong i'm happy that i get to see like italian you know drill artists like you know everything right. is almost the same but you don't we don't really understand what they're saying so i guess um i guess in that i'm just i'm, I'm surprised and I guess I like I said, um, I think Pop Smoke had a lot to do with it. Yeah, because that yeah. album was uh, one of the best rap albums too. If not, it could have yeah. easily. I mean, for me, it, it could have easily been up on the on the Grammy like best rap. It could have been on that list. Yeah, album. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, and 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 it, and it sucks that he's not here, man. Because now, because now that I've listened to his project, I, I have a newfound respect for him as an artist. Mm -hmm. And and it would have it would have been nice to see him here to celebrate that success of his first debut album and to see where he would have went, you know, after that, you right. know what I mean? Um, but yeah, man, I mean, you know, for me, the growth of the culture is so vast, right? Mm -hmm. Because I'm talking 30, 40 years, right? Yeah. Like the youngest, the youngest. Yeah. Um, like for me, for me, I remember growing up in the Bronx, right? I remember being in Castle Hill Projects in the Bronx, and I remember 
you know, watching dudes come out and set up DJ equipment. And this is this is this is late seventies, man. You know what I mean? So this was this was way before Run DMC, guys, before before it really on, got popping, right? Let me cut you off. Let me cut you off. Are you talking about the days when 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 the DJs used to steal the 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 electricity from the light Exactly. Post? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Man. Exactly. I mean, and 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 that carried on into the eighties too. But yeah. like, but like, just 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 coming from the Bronx from like seventy eight. I think I moved from there in seventy nine. You know what I mean? Before before my parents moved us out to Queens, but it was mm-hmm. like. Like I remember the Bronx burning, like 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 all the buildings were burning down. The 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 the, the uh, owners of buildings were doing, you know, insurance scams and everything. Like the Bronx, like the Bronx was just a, a horrible place to be at that time. Okay. And out of all of that nonsense, out of all of that madness, came this art form, right? right. And I remember, I remember I used to live on the 16th floor, and I remember like people being above me you know, throwing parties on the terrace and whatnot, just partying yeah. all night long and all and this music that I had never heard before, right? This culture that I had never seen and, you know, jokers with, you know, letters printed on shirts and different types of hats and different different types of fashion and styles and all that. And like, I didn't really get into it at that age because I was too young. But by the time I moved to Queens, then it, it, all, it all started to sink in. Right. You know what I mean? It started to sink in, and I and I had and I happened to be, you know, um, privileged enough to 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 come from Queens, where I, I got to see people like LL, and I got to see people like One DMC. I got to see them in their heyday when they were just starting out, man. Like when they were still neighborhood dudes, like that would just come through the block, or you could yeah. see them at the corner store, or or whatever. You know what I mean? And that for me, it all starts from there right and you still see elements of all of that today you still see people in their neighborhoods like certain things in hip-hop just don't change right Right. you you come from you got to come from a neighborhood you got to have some place where you rep you know what i'm saying (laughs) whatever whatever city and state you you rep and you got to rep that you got to put something on your back you know when you come into this game you know um you 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 definitely have to have a certain style about you as far as as far as dressing. Nobody in yeah. hip hop walks around looking like they don't know how to fucking dress. It's just right, exactly. it's just not part of the culture. It's just yeah, not yeah. part of what we do. You know yeah. what I mean? You got to You got to have some fly in you. You know. Yeah. Um. So seeing all of that, you know, in the seventies and going into the eighties, where where I started to be a, become a part of the culture. You know, performing and 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 you know things of that nature. Um, you know, it, it it feels good to even see it years later and to see where a lot of people have taken it. You know right. what I mean? Um, like you say, like the '90s was a was a was a was a great time period because we were coming off the end of the '80s, which was a very Afrocentric period in hip hop. You know, right. um, from from native tongues and everybody in that in that in that conglomerate that was just dope artists, and are still around today as artists and have taken their, their talents and branched off and done other things. And then right. going into the '90s, um, you know, where a lot of um, a lot of a lot of the street criteria started to take over the music. You know. Yeah. Um, but we, but we saw that in the late '90s. We saw that. I mean, we saw that in the late '80s with with NWA, like really heavy. You know what I mean? Like I think, like 
Like, and, and, and the media coins it gangster rap. You know what I'm saying? NWA never said we make gangster rap. <laughs> you right, know right, what I'm right. saying? <laughs> it's just not what they, they didn't do that. You know what I mean? But like seeing it come from there and then, then breezing through the 90s and then continuing to go on. Like nowadays, it's it's so vast because there isn't just one type of style of hip hop that's dominated. Right. You know what I mean? There's multiple like, subgenres within the. There's multiple sub. I guess you could say subgenres within the within the. Within, the yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And I and I, I wish I wish that I wish that the masses and I wish that the media would 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 break it down in, into sections like that sometimes. You know what I mean? Right. Because there's a lot of artists that I think get overlooked because oh, yeah. they just get thrown in the bag of oh that's hip hop. Right, you know what right. I mean, or that's rap music. You know what I'm saying, and it's not necessarily yeah. it, it, it it it's all a part of the hip hop culture, but there's different facets of rap. You know oh, what I'm absolutely. saying? Yeah, yeah, there's different facets of rap, man. Like it's like it's like for example, if you go to the '90s, you can't compare a Wu Tang with a with a with a with a Mob Deep. It's just the the, the genre within that was just completely different. And in a lot of ways, in a lot of ways, it was. Yeah, yeah. I mean, or or, or a better compare a, a better comparison would be, let's say, a tribe called Quest with a Wu Tang or a Mob Deep. Like right. it was just there was different. Right. I like was, that one better. Right. Yeah, yeah, I like that one better. Right. Yeah. I yeah, mean, that, and that's true. You know? gritty. They were still gritty, like very. Yeah. So yeah, that, I could see that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, the, the, you know, at the end of the day, it's like, it's like, um. Even if you even if you listen to the differences from a tribe called Quest or Jungle Brothers or you know Leaders of the New School or something like that that was you know late '80s early '90s, by the time we get to '94, by the time Nas drops Illmatic, you know things start to change. You know oh, yeah. what I mean? Things start. Then by the time we get to '96, by the time we get to Reasonable Doubt things are changing and like even the south like like atlanta was already on the map at that time because of outcast and what outcast was doing was nothing not even considered in a gangster rap sphere you know what i'm saying just wasn't even just wasn't even there they were just giving you their life in times of living in georgia right right (laughs) so i think that um that all of those all of those are different branches of hip-hop you know, yeah. We got this one strong tree that's hip hop culture, but then we got so many branches, man. Right. The branches oh, yeah. are, they're just phenomenal branches, bro. And, and you got to remember, too, the 90s was also an era where, where uh, hip hop started fusing a lot with RB. You, you started having right. 12 and Biggie yep. featured. You started having, uh, man, it's just uh, so many. I can't even really name a lot of them, but. Yeah. The fusion within the hip hop was already John mm-hmm. B and and um and Tupac, you know, yeah. like you had these gangster rappers like the media says, and they were making more B too. So it was just like I think the diversity with within the hip hop community was just so vast. Like you say that there's really not just a a one a, a one sector where you could just say, oh, everyone belongs in this sector, and, and it yeah, stays like man. that. No. Like, like this it's, year, it's like I'm, I'm so I'm looking forward to the Grammys next year only because of the rap album category. You know, like this, like Voice the Five Nine is nominated. Oh, yeah. Freddie Gibbs, I believe, is nominated. Like, like 
people that you just wouldn't expect to be nominated for oh, a Grammy. Right, right, right. They get and I'm 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 mad at myself that I can't remember the other three right now that 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 are on that list. Um, I think but, um, are you talking about for the best. Uh... I believe it's best rap album for for this for for twenty for this. Oh yeah, year. yeah, yeah. Uh, D Smoke, this that that new artist. D Smoke, from, uh, D Smoke is yeah. on there. Yeah, there's a couple. There's a couple more as well. I can't remember the, the rest of them, but but just I wasn't to see, mad at that. I wasn't mad at it though. It <laughs> just was, to see Royce the Five yeah. Nine get yeah. nominated for a Grammy, I was like, now that's what's up. You know what I yeah. mean? Because for years he's been a profound lyricist. You oh know, yeah, one of the best at his craft. You know. Um, you know, and, and you can't, you can't take that away from him. You can go through his discography and listen to what he's contributed to this culture. And you're like, wow, like this dude, he embodies the spirit of what a hip hop artist is. Absolutely. You know what I mean? But then nowadays you look and you see newer artists, they embody what hip hop is too, but it's, this is for their generation. You know what I'm saying? We can't knock what they're doing because somebody knocked what we was doing when we was when we was a little bit younger. Yeah. We was doing we was doing people like, oh man, we don't want to hear that that rippity rippity hippity hippity. You know what I'm saying? Like people. That's you know effects. What I'm saying? That's effects. Yeah, like, <laughs> I remember. I remember. I remember older people when I was younger telling me like, we don't want to listen to that. They didn't get it. They didn't. Right. They didn't understand. They didn't get it. They thought this was gonna be a fad. They thought this was gonna be something that just was fly by night, like disco music came and went like right right, right. like gone yeah. you know what i mean but they didn't understand what, what we understood that this was something different yeah. you know and for these and for these dudes nowadays it's something different to them you know what i'm saying Every, anybody that's that's doing music now you know as far as using heavy drill beats and heavy trap beats and stuff like that like this is really this is their generation this is their time you right. know what i mean but yeah, we can't knock it. No, nah, we can't. Nah, we definitely can't knock it, man. You know what I'm saying? And and there's still a lot of lyricists out there. There's a lot of there's a lot of lyricists that that you can't really that that, that grew up on '90s stuff. You know what I mean? And and their and their craft is to bring you lyrics and bars. Right. You know what I'm saying? As opposed to others who want to give you just a hot hook and give you something to dance to in the club. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Or something like that. They're both they're both hip hop. They're right. both hip hop. You know what I'm saying? Right. Absolutely right. I, I agree with you 100% with that. And it's uh it's sad how um some of the older generation of artists of MCs they don't they don't with it. You know, like a lot of them don't really like that. And it's okay. It's not for everyone, but um they kind of downplay it. I mean, you know, and and that's not cool. Like I said. You, it's it's part it's still part of the culture whether they like it or they don't it's still a big part of the culture um it still makes us move and dance the way 90s hip-hop music some of it still was for the club too it's still the same it's right it's right. it's just a different time that's it yeah absolutely so i so i so i pulled up i pulled it up grammy award for best rap album nominees for 2020 a written testimony jay electronica cool okay um Black Habits, D Smoke, The Allegory, Royce the Five Nine, and how could I forget King's Disease by Nas is nominated yeah. as well. And then Alfredo between uh, uh, Freddie Gibbs and the Alchemist. So even though I said Royce, but 
I, I forgot Nas. Like how, like yeah. Nas is finally being nominated, like, you know what I'm saying, for a Grammy. Like, like that's like even if he's been yeah. nominated before, which I don't I can't go through the, the scroll and figure it out at this moment, but to be nominated in 2020 when your first album dropped in 94. Man, like, that's amazing. That's, that's monumental, bro. Yeah. That's monumental for the culture. You know, oh, yeah. and he deserves one. I mean, in that category, I like all of them, but you know, Royce and Nas are like my go-to's, man. Right, right, right. I mean, I mean even I mean. yeah, you have, and even Freddie Gibbs with with the Alchemist, and you know, like it's yeah. still, it's still that's, not, no, that's, Freddie's that's Freddie's dope. You know? Never thought that Freddie's he would have. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Alchemist is, I mean, one of the best producers to ever do exactly. it. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah, man. Yeah, hands so that's down, why no think- doubt. This yeah. this like this list kind of is like a early two thousands kind of like you would for me like I feel like it's like a early two thousands like nomination because you still in the early two thousands you still had great albums with from a yeah. lot of hip hop artists that that yeah. were nominated but didn't get it but it, right. it's like one of those lists where you like you say you you can't believe like I would never have thought that Jay Electronica would have gotten nominated for a, no I mean no and and. And on and be, being that Jay Electronica got nominated, that pushed that pushed Hove into the stratosphere, and he's now tied with Quincy Jones for the most Grammy nods ever at 80, 80 nominations. Wow! You know what I mean? Because they got three, Hove got three more off of that Jay Electronica album. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. 80, 80, 80 fucking nominations for Grammys, right? And and Not- and the weird the weird thing is with this culture, right? With hip hop culture, they'll say, "Oh, fuck a Grammy! I don't give a fuck." And and nine out of ten times, I I I I feel like I feel like that's bullshit. Yeah, because a lot of artists will say that shit. But at the end of the day, you want to be recognized by the Academy for your body of work, bro. You know what I'm saying? You want to be recognized. You you don't Absolutely. need it to survive. You don't need it to to support yourself or your family or or or, or get the love from you know hip hop people like you do. You know, you don't need it, but at the right. end of the day, if you can get nominated or you can get or you can get a Grammy for the work that you do, that's like the highest honor of music. And we've right. always been overshadowed in the Grammys. The Grammys have always put bullshit in the category, and somebody else won that. We diehard hip hop people was like, "Oh, get the fuck out of here! You shouldn't." Oh, no. <laughs> that's that's that Lamar and Kendrick time, man. <laughs> yeah, man. Everyone was buzzed off of that one, man. That was a that was yeah. the biggest stuff of like it's ever. horrible when they do that, you know, because it makes us feel like as much as this culture has grown, and as much as as much as this culture dominates what goes on in the world, what goes on in advertising, what goes on in television, what goes on in the radio, it's all dominated by hip hop music in one way or another. Absolutely. Right? So why can't you get it right at the award show? Like who's sitting in that boardroom or who's sitting in that meeting that doesn't know that this is what should be nominated as opposed to the shit that you're putting up there? You know what I mean? Like I've always thought about that. Like who's in that room that makes that decision? Who's on that, you know, that panel that makes that decision of what gets nominated and what doesn't. And I know it's a vast thing. I've, I've, I've heard about it before, but I've never really researched it or anything. Cause at the end of the day, I never really felt like it was going to make a difference anyway. So I didn't give it that much of my energy, but you know, the voting process of the Academy has always been something that's never been, that's never favored us. Right. You know what I mean? As a culture, 
as mm-hmm. far as as far as hip hop is concerned. You know what I mean? Um, I so I'm glad to see. Huh? There's, I think I believe that there's a lot of bias in the in in that because it's yeah. like in. in I'm pretty sure they know what should be nominated, but they just refuse yeah. to act I mean, like they know. <laughs> a couple, a few years ago, Jay Z had what was it, eight or ten nominations? It was for 444, and he didn't win any, right? Right. And then this year, this year, the weekend, his album was like number one for I don't know how long it was, but he absolutely got snubbed. He got no nominations at all, and he had like the okay. number one album oh, yeah, for, yeah, yeah. for X amount of time throughout 2020. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's like, who makes that decision, bro? You know what I'm saying? Who makes that? Like, I'm not a big weekend fan, but I, you got to give just do where, it, where, it's, where it's deserved. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? You got to give him his props where it's deserved. You had the number one album for X amount of time. You sold X amount of copies. Why are you not nominated? You know what I mean? But then I guess they felt like, OK, we gave them a Grammy, you know, rap album category that that we've never seen before. So somebody got to get stiffed. that's exactly man that's (laughs) that's where i'm telling you like it's just like it's unbelievable man because it's like you don't you look there's us that like we're really happy with this list now right whoever wins i'm gonna be very comfortable i'm not gonna complain because they're all albums that are okay sure maybe the Nas album deserves more than the d smoke or whatever but you're not gonna get mad still like you're not gonna be very disappointed Pointed you because it's like it's not gonna go to like a Mac Lamore versus a you know Kendrick Lamar in <laughs> Mad City and when we yeah. when everyone knows yeah. that that fucking album was the best body of work that whole fucking year like it's just there, there was no not even Drake's album I I feel like Drake's album wasn't up to par with Kendrick Lamar's album but then not even Drake ends up winning the Grammy you can give it a fucking Mac Lamore it's just yeah man it's, yeah. It's, the masses and and it gets done like that and it, unfortunately, you know, I mean, it, it, it it's something that it's something that's so fucked up for the culture. It's so it, because for us, it's like, you know, we, once again we feel like we're getting shitted on. You know what I mean? Black and brown people we like feel like, well, damn, we can't even get recognized for our music, which dominates the culture in American society. But then on the flip on the flip side, we can't even get recognized for that. You know what I'm right. saying? And that that shit, you know, that shit kind of stings, man. You oh, know yeah. what I mean? It stings, but it doesn't, but it doesn't stop us from doing what we're doing. It just makes us stronger. It makes mm-hmm. us stronger. It makes us step our game up 10 times even, even more and say, you know what, we gotta go even harder. You know, and Absolutely. just because you don't nominate me or don't put me in that category, you know, that's not gonna stop what we're mm-hmm. doing. You know what I mean? That's what I mean. Hip hop has always been about that. It's always been about telling you our story. From yeah. where we come from, you know what I mean, um, and letting you bear witness to 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 to, to our world, you know right. what I'm saying? I mean, so that's you know, that's just those are just those are just different ways that I think that the culture could still grow a little bit more, mm. you know, um, like you said, like like having a having a Drake and and Kendrick in a category and Macklemore gets the Grammy, like you know, yeah, like, that doesn't make sense whatsoever at it all. Doesn't. It it's doesn't. Like, it doesn't. And, that, and that's like, no. That's no. That's not throwing any shade no, on Macklemore. Yeah. Yeah. You know? No. No. Macklemore has some pretty nice. He has some pretty decent top forty radio songs. That was yeah. all right. I'm not. I'm not knocking the dude. Yeah, but I'm I just, mean, but I'm it's just not saying, like, worth like, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, yeah. Man, it's just, it's yeah. insane. It's just, uh, 
I hope the right person wins. But like I said, with any any of these, I'm okay with whoever takes it because it's they're all great body of work. Maybe some more than the other one, but I, I like D Smoke a lot because um, even though he's 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 full, you know, African American, he's he's not Hispanic a lot. He's done some good music for the Hispanic side from LA, you know, from, from right. Los Angeles and and he can rap in Spanish, man. I've heard okay. beat I've heard him fucking rap the dopest Spanish bars, man. Like in Spanish fluently. I didn't know I didn't know I didn't I didn't, oh, even, yeah. know, I didn't even know he could rap in Spanish. Oh know. yeah fluently man. Nice. And not only that me me a musician he he's a great pianist he's a great musician overall. Right. Um if you look into his story, um, his mom, I believe, was a, a backup singer for Michael Jackson. Like, um, okay. don't don't really quote me on that, but I'm, I think I heard I it. No, he was on. He was wasn't he on that? Um, the Netflix, yeah, the, the, the Netflix, Netflix special. Yeah, he won. He yeah, won, yeah, right? Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. He yeah, won, I, I knew yeah. that. But that one video that he did, yeah, yeah, that one. He he, like I said, he he comes cold with the bars in Spanish too, and I was like, man, this this huh. guy's overall like. He right. has it. He's he's dope. He reminds me of Kendrick a lot, but just right. like with a, 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 his style would be a little bit different. But like as far as like how his flow, he does his flow and stuff like that. So, yeah, I heard his whole project, and I was, I was at his project with the whole body of work, everything he did. Um, Nas, absolutely, of course. Um, yeah, man, that King's so, Disease album, is, that King's Disease album is ridiculous, bro. Oh yeah. You know, you know what I was talking about with somebody yesterday too, and uh, because I was watching one of my favorite Hove albums. At I mean, of course, Reasonable Doubt has to be my number one. Right. Um. I think uh, Magna Carta, Holy Grail. I love that album. As you know what? I get people that say they love that one, and then people that also say they love um. What was the first the album that he put out right after he came from out out of retirement? Uh, the Black Album? No, the Black Album? No, yeah, the, the Black one Album. After, the yeah, one after yeah, yeah, the Black, Black Album. album. Um, yeah, what, people people always talk about those two. Wasn't it, you know? okay, the one after that would be, wasn't it a Blueprint? No, um, the one after the, the one after the Black Album. Oh, man. Damn, it's going to bug me now. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm like, I know, right? <laughs> and I'm, I'm, I'm sitting here and I'm doing my due diligence and I'm, I'm Googling shit right now, so. <laughs> you know, and it's weird because, like, I I should know this stuff, <laughs> and I I just can't remember. Uh, let's see, Kingdom Come. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, the Kingdom Come album, and I I got it before I even googled it, but yeah, so yeah, that one in Magna Carta, like people always have mixed reviews about them. I don't think they were two of Jay's best albums, in my personal opinion. You know what I mean? I mean, I, I there were songs on there that I like from let, Magna let, Carta. Let me was, tell you something. Do you think, and this is what I told the other guy. No, the other person told me too. We were just talking about hip hop. And he said, am I the only one that feels like Magna Carta should have been an album that could have been released now? Like, you think he released it too early? Like, because I listened to, I just re-listened to Magna Carta again yesterday. And man, I'm like, damn, like this album would have really, I think would have been to, it would have been better today, like if it would have been released. Wow. I don't know why I feel that way, but but I wasn't yeah, the yeah, only yeah. one. I wasn't the only one, so I, I I don't know. I think it was just the timing, and and a lot of people didn't understand why he was he was dropping an album like that. It was completely different from 
you know, the rest of the body of work that he has. And it's right, just, right. I mean, it's so like, what else is he going to talk about, man? If he wants to fucking do museums and all that, you know, art stuff. Nah, I, look, Hope is the king of doing some different shit that nobody yeah. else is doing. And then everybody's like, yo, that shit was dope. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it is what it is. I, you know, for me, you know, as a as a diehard whole fan, like for me, like those just weren't two of his greatest albums for me. I, right. I love I love that he had certain singles off there that I could that I could rock with, you know. But as far as like getting in my car and and throwing it in and letting it rock out the whole album, like it was just I feel the right. same way about I feel the same way about American Gangster too. And a lot of people think that that was one of his best projects. But yeah, you know what I mean. And I just yeah. think it was I think it was okay. You know what right. I mean? Call me, just call me a reasonable doubt head to the day I die or whatever. But yeah. you know <laughs> yeah, what we, we know so, that. We know that. I mean, that and the black album, you know what I mean? Um uh, even 444 was a dope project. You know what I mean? It was only like a couple of songs off of that album that I really didn't like. You know what I mean? For for the most part. And I and I got where, you know, we all understood where he was going with that album. You know what I mean? Right. I mean, and Hosey, he, you know, the, the best he said it best himself. You know what I'm saying? You want the old hoes play my old album. You know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah, he's, yeah. A, he's a he's 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 totally evolved. He's a different person. So why would you put out and I've always thought that about that's another thing as far as you know, growth in the culture. Like I've always thought when an album when, a, when an artist comes out with their first project, right? Especially, you know, if they deep, deep, deep from the hood, like the album is so street, it's so hard. You know what I mean? And yeah. then I'm like, if you still putting out the same thing five, seven years later, that doesn't that doesn't jive well with me. Like I like to see growth. You know what I mean? Right. I think you should be growing as an artist. That doesn't mean that you leave behind your hood. It doesn't doesn't mean any of that. That's not what I'm saying. All I'm saying is that there should be growth in your music as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. You've traveled the world. You've 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 made all this money. You've you've seen things that some people will probably never see in their lifetime. So that should be reflected in your art. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? That should be reflected in your art. So when an artist doesn't do that, I get pissed off because I feel like you're stealing shit away from the public. Like you're oh, stealing yeah. you're stealing pieces of your own life away from the public because you're not putting it in your art. And, yeah. and, and I'm a firm believer that the truth is what sells. You know what I'm saying? Like if you come across and, and people believe your story, people are more apt to buy into that than they are to buy into something that they know is fake. <laughs> you know right. what I'm saying? Right. You know? It's like, it's like if you can, can you imagine if Outkast would have just stayed the same from like their first album? You right. know, it's things stuff like that. Right. Right. Any big artist, you know, the J. Cole's, the Kendrick's. I, I, I don't think Kendrick's ever going to put out a Matt, good kid, Matt City, too. I, just I don't, don't think, think he will either. He will. No, not at all. And, and that's just because he lives different now. But he did. Like, but that, you know, but that album spoke for itself. That album right. is so good that he doesn't have to repeat it. Right. You know exactly. what I'm saying? You want to hear that? Go back and listen to that album and it'll tell you exactly where he was in his life at that point and at that time. You know what I mean? And I think that that's exactly, you know, when you get projects like that, that's what I live for. I live for that. When you get a project that just speaks volumes to you, where it's like, damn, this person just brought me into their world and I can see everything that they're talking about. I can visualize it. I can visualize. picture it clearly. 
You know, like I'm right there with you. You know, you can you can they can explain scenarios and situations that they were in, and I'm like, damn, I might I might have reacted the same way if I was in that situation. You know what I'm saying? Like that's that's what you're supposed to do. You know, that's what your art is supposed to give people, man. You know, um, people people tripped out on on Outcast when when they when they started expanding when they started growing as a group and Dre started becoming more abstract with the clothes that he wore yeah. and and he and as he became more abstract with his clothes his bars became even fucking tighter you know what i'm saying and he started oh, to, he started to get that 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 nod where it was like yo he's one of the best lyricists to ever touch a microphone you know what yeah. i'm saying um wow. but at the time a lot of people didn't understand it a lot of people didn't get it but they started appealing to a whole new audience while they still kept a core audience from where they came from. You know what I mean? Their core yes. audience didn't look at what they were doing and say, nah, that's not, that's not cool. You know what I'm saying? They looked right. at it and it was like, they was like, damn, these dudes are grown. You know, every time they come out, they get better. Yeah, you know yeah, what yeah. I'm saying? And that's it's what just, you're supposed to do. Yeah, exactly. And, and you know, a perfect example of that too, when Lauren Hill was with the Fugees, her her stuff. From when she did the miseducation of Lauren Hill, the yeah. style just completely was completely different. Everything that she was talking about was just completely different from when she was with the Fugees. Yeah, um, there's still well, there's still some similarities, but not as much. So she she just went a whole different direction. Yeah. So th I mean, there was a different like I believe that every artist should grow and and, and yeah. makes make different make a difference. Every album Absolutely. should be different. Every yeah. album should be different. I mean, Even Lauren Hill's first album was so dope that she only put out one album. One album, and that's it. <laughs> and today, and today, she still looked at as one of the best female MCs ever. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? From one album, from one album, and that and that album wasn't even predominantly rap. It was yeah. a lot of R and B on that album. A yeah. lot of the a lot of the major songs that were hits were R and B songs. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But she's but from that one album and from her time with the Fugees. She's still looked at as one of the best female MCs ever. And it's and it's a title that she deserves because we know that even though she did a lot of singing, she was capable of picking oh. up that microphone and giving it to you. Oh, you know she, what I mean? Like, man. <laughs> Especially when she was in the foodies. Like I I I I still think she outrapped White Clef and, and, and uh, the rest of you know. <laughs> Oh, I got a call. I got a call. Sorry about that. It's all um, good. Yeah, man. Uh, like I said, I don't know. Like uh, I think uh, overall, yeah, man. She, 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 she didn't need to put out another album. You know. Yeah. She, but what would have happened if she did, though? You know what I mean? Oh yeah, I'm, I'm still waiting for one. Yeah, it's, it's moments <laughs> like that. It's moments <laughs> like that that I look back on this coach and I'm like. I'm like, damn, I would have loved to have seen another album from this person or that person or whatever. You know what I mean? Like Lauren, yeah, hell yeah, I would have loved to see what that sophomore album would have been like. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Crazy. Oh, yeah, man. That's crazy. Yeah. And you know what? A lot of, uh, and you got to remember too, because uh, they call it the sophomore jinx. I don't know. I don't know if it's yeah. like an R&B or, but it's. I, oh, I that's just, yeah, that's like all, that's all oh, over sophomore jinxes. Any, any genre of music. That sophomore album yeah, is the yeah. hard one because, right? Especially if you do masterpieces and you clean up on your awards and all this shit on your first. Like Cardi B, her second album, 
she she's gonna have to go through what a lot of other people went through. That first album did so much that yeah. that second album you gotta follow up with a killer. You oh, got yeah. to, you got to, bro. You have yeah, to. I think a Chris Brown was somebody that that was affected by that in a, in a way because that first Chris Brown album, there was all almost all the songs there were were radio singles like hits. Right. And then when he came back with his second album, there was only like what two or three, two or three singles. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, that that I think it's 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 hard to make a when you first make a great album. And I think the reason why Reasonable Doubt is one of the greatest albums is because it wasn't viewed as a great album when it first came out. It yeah, took a lot of people. A lot of people were slow to get it. Yeah, it, it took people. I got it immediately. <laughs> I, I know you did. I got it immediately because I, I because I waited for that album. I waited from 1988 for that yeah. album until 96 because I was up one hove from from back then. You know oh, what yeah. I mean? And I had heard him on songs and I had heard singles that were put out. And I was like, when this dude drops a fucking album, bro, it's got to be one of the best joints. Like I was just already in that mind frame. But for a lot of people. Reasonable doubt wasn't classic until ten years later. You yeah. know what I mean? It's the time for 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 people to really get yeah to yeah. get it. And me, I it, it didn't take me a long time because man, when I first heard Dead Presidents and you know yeah man, I was already like this album, was, and that, that's <laughs> the only song that I had to hear that for me to really get it. Yeah, and I was five years old. I did listen. It took me. When I was 10, when I finally fully heard the full project, right. and that's when I was like, oh, man, like, this is this is a classic. And yeah, it was man. competing with a lot of other classic albums yeah. that were dropped that same year. Yeah. And, and um, yeah, Reasonable Doubt, I think, was one of those albums where it just, it was always a classic, but it took time for people to get it. Yeah, And I yeah, think that's absolutely. why he was able to do great with his follow-up album. Yeah, I mean, and even uh-huh. even his sophomore album got looked at like like oh no, that's not it. You know what I mean? A lot of people didn't like the route that he took to become more commercial. You yeah. know what I mean? They didn't understand like, look, this is growth. Like, what do you want him to do? Stand on the corner and sell crack for his whole yeah, fucking yeah, career? Yeah. Like, nah, right. man, you gotta you gotta evolve and and, and get to another place. You know what right. I'm saying? So, so for me, even though I wasn't happy with the singles that they chose off of In My Lifetime Volume 1, I still think that that was a great project. I still yeah. think it was a dope-ass project. I think it was a great follow-up to Reasonable Doubt. And 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 to keep it 100, when you have such a huge project like Nas with Illmatic, like that follow-up, it was written, there's no way it can touch Illmatic. It's just impossible. It's impossible. You can't right. do it, you know? So the, the sophomore jinx, you know, even if you have a successful sophomore album, it's still in a lot of cases, it's never really can compare to that first album because the first album took you your whole life to make. Yeah. You know what I mean? You you put all your experiences from the age of two years old, from the time you can remember up exactly. until 18 years old or 20 years old or 25 years old or whatever, however old you are when you put that 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 first album out. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's true. And that's absolutely true. Like, it's like, from there, once you, and then once you, once you put all that on record, then what's left? Now you have to go on and experience something new for you to actually try to speak about that. Yeah, Travel, yeah. Tra- traveling the world, the change of lifestyle, the, all that. It yeah. usually happens, but uh, like I said, I'm, 
I'm not, I wouldn't be happy if like Hope would have came out still rapping about crack on his second album like that too. Like, it's yeah, just, like the second you know, and third album, it's like after a while, you gotta, I mean, of course, you're gonna have one or two, you know, you're gonna have your, your hood anthems and your songs on it that are dedicated to the hood where you talk about stuff like that. But the rest of that project should reflect some growth, you know? Like, I think, I think an MC that doesn't get mentioned in the name of the greats, the man who created the greatest of all time acronym, LL Cool J, oh, you yeah. know, was he, this guy released his first album at the age of 16, 17 years old. You know what I mean? So for him to put out 13, 14 albums, I don't know how many it was, I think it was 13 or 14, um, and showed consistent growth on each album, on each album. You know what I'm saying? Like that's, it's not, I won't say it's hard to do because as an artist, that's what you strive for. You know what I mean? But to do it and then stay relevant is something that's not easy to do. Right. You no, know, right. you put out 12, 13 albums, 14 albums. It's hard to, you can, I mean, you have artists that, that have put out that many albums, but they're relevant in a smaller space than right. on a national scale. Right. You know exactly. what I mean? Like yeah. Jay's put out 13 albums. He put out another album. It's going to be on a national scale. It's going to oh, be yeah. on a, a global scale. You know what I'm saying? As opposed to, just somebody that's like, as opposed to somebody like KRS-One who puts right. out an album. His is going to be global, but it's just going to be on a smaller scale, scale, right? Because everybody's not going to be attentive to KRS-One like they're going to be attentive to Jay-Z. You right. know what I'm saying? But KRS-One's followers and his fans, they're going to be on it. You know what I mean? Whether it's album number 20 or whether it's album number two. You know right. what I'm saying? But, but LL Cool J just doesn't get when that conversation comes up, who's the greatest of all time? He's not mentioned in that conversation, and he should be. You know what oh, I mean? Oh yeah, absolutely, one hundred percent. I mean, you're you're using his acronym, you know, from an album from the greatest of all time, the goat. I mean, and 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 you're not putting him in that category, and that doesn't make sense because, you know, throughout his career, he's had some hefty battles, and he's never lost. Oh yeah, man, that cannabis, man. <laughs> you know. That was I think I think Cannabis had one of the hardest lines in that song that he had about Al. You know, um, when he's, I forget it, the whole line, but he says something, take your, your first, second, and third born, get on the horn and call Minister Farrakhan. You know what I mean? Like that was a, that was a dope, that was a dope line, but on a grand scale, you didn't beat LL, bro. <laughs> you know but what see, I'm saying? That's the, and that's the, that's the crazy thing. Cause like, I mean, you gotta admit, uh, cannabis was one of the hardest up and coming lyricists during that time. Yeah, one of those artists where you look back and say, why didn't he make it? Like, why didn't yeah. why didn't his music career really flourish? Right? right. So there had to be some bad business and bad blood somewhere in there that made that whole thing not happen for him. But yeah, he was one of those. I remember him when he came out. I was like, yo, this dude right here is a problem. Yeah, he he kind of reminded me a lot of Big L, man. A lot of a lot of like smooth like just just those some those double entendres sometimes and those man those fucking punchlines were just stupid yeah. like it's just it's something that i would hear big l easily kind of say and, and he reminded me a lot of big l um and maybe to other people he doesn't but yeah i, I definitely like to style but you got to ask yourself too: Was was is he gonna be also one of those artists that's gonna stay in the same 
doing the same thing all the time. And that's, right. that could cause them not reaching that magnitude of, of, as opposed to like a, you know, LL Cool J or Nas or, you know, because right, right. everyone, all of those people like Nas, he's still lyrical. He still drop a, uh, an album and you said it'll, st- it'll be in a global scale. It'll be right. in a, you know? Yeah. And it's just some artists, they, I think some artists just choose not to want to take that route where they, like I said, they want to take the risk and, and, and make a mainstream, more mainstream media, like music type. And um, I think that's the reason why albums end up not becoming so great after a while. If from mm-hmm. an artist standpoint of view, like if one artist, like if Cannabis would have dropped two, three albums, I, I could co- probably tell you like guaranteed they're going to be the same, right? Okay. Like right now, consecutively in three years, drop three albums, one back to back. I think they're just gonna sound the same. Mm. I that's my that's what I would think. Right, right, right. I mean, it, you know, when I think about growth, I think about I think about Meek Mill, right? Right. I remember Meek Mill's Flamers mixtapes, his Flamer his Flamers um mixtapes that he put out. I think he had yeah. three volumes of Flamers. I, I don't remember c- correctly. Um, and then from there, he went to his Dream Chasers series, you know, his yeah. Dream Chasers 1, Dream Chasers 2, Dream Chasers 3. And then he got the deal and he put out, you know, the, the first album. And I can go back and I can listen to Dream Chasers 1 and I can hear the growth from Dream, Case, Dream Chasers 1 all the way up to Championships, his mm-hmm. last album. Yeah. You know, I mean, you know, to, to get hove to go in the studio and do a verse yeah is not an easy thing to do for a lot of artists oh, and for me oh, for me to get that on his last album with Rick Ross and hove on the same song that that spoke volumes to me that that spoke it don't it didn't only speak to me as meek from from meek's standpoint as an artist showing his growth but it also showed me that hove sees that growth and was yeah. like I want to contribute to that right? Because there's a lot of artists that that are signed to Rock Nation that have never had a whole verse. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So when Hove puts his stamp of approval on something, that that speaks volumes to that artist. It it speaks volumes to what they're doing as an, as a person. It speaks yeah. volumes to to the growth that they've accomplished. I don't right. think that I, I and I think that that's something. I think that's something that Hove takes very seriously before he decides to put his stamp on, on, engage, on the song. Yeah, to you kind know. of engage with that. Yeah, yeah, I feel that yeah. 100%. Yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah, man, the, 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 the culture is so, like I said in the beginning, man, it's so vast, bro, because, you know, nowadays, like I said, you know, you got you got Fabio Foreign, you, you, you had Pop Smoke, you had King Vaughn, you know, Rowdy Rebel just came home from jail. You know what I'm saying? The whole GS9 crew. Like, I can't wait to see what they, what those guys are gonna do with 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 their music as well. You know, yeah. um, you know, and and there's and there's a lot more out there too. I'm I I don't know all the names and everything, but but there's a lot more out there, and I think that that they're gonna show us that that they're that they're capable of taking the torch and yeah. carrying this culture on to the next level. You right. know what I mean, and and I think that's what it's all about, you know. And even if you even if you listen to a lot of these 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 cats that do drill music and and a lot of the younger artists, even like the the, the dude that's got the hit out uh, um 
Whoopi right now, CJ that just signed to um just signed to French Montana, right? Coke Boys, and like all of these cats are coming out of you know New York hotbeds out of Brooklyn and places like that. Like it's like they they're giving you their version of what hip hop is, but like I said, they're carrying the torch because when you ask them, well, who did you listen to growing up? Most of them are gonna say Fifty Cent because most of them yeah. were kids in that in that era in that two thousand three. 2004, yeah. 2005, they were, that's when they really got turned on to hip hop music. Right. You know what I'm saying? So, and you, and if you listen to 50 and that's who your inspiration was, you got to go and think about who was 50's inspirations, right? <laughs> you right. know what I'm saying? So, and, and if you, if you ask yourself that question, 50's probably going to give you somebody from, from the nineties, you know what I'm saying? Absolutely. That yeah. was, that was that was one of his major inspirations. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, and and I agree with you on that because like, say that again. You broke up. 2005. You broke up. And, say uh, that again. Yeah. Oh, uh, because no, I was um. I agree with what you said. With what you said, I agree yeah. with what you said. Um, because I was um, I was 14 years old in 2005, and one of the artists that started influencing me the most well but at that time Kanye was like I was all Kanye especially Kanye was a god Trump. back then yeah. and then no then he comes back with 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 um with late registration oh man yeah back to yeah. back and then yeah, the game a... comes out yeah and when the game came out I was happy a west coast artist fresh west coast artist yeah far heavy um the documentary, one of my favorite albums too. Mm -hmm. um, I started getting influenced more by his influences, which you know how he said on 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 um, on, on the um, dream record. Uh, he said, uh, um, "Why did I just forget it, man?" Uh, you know, um, people want to know the outcome. I say reasonable doubt, doggy style, and you know he names this three top his, favorite yeah, albums yeah, and that's yeah. when I started really listening and going to his influences yeah. and that's when I became more of a like okay you know what hip-hop is cool right now but no I want to be this gritty like bar heavy dude you know like that's yeah, yeah. who I want to be that's who he kind of like took me to so so I understand and I agree with you when you say that yeah that during that time a lot of us were either teenagers or barely growing up right right and, and, and 50 was blowing at that time man yeah. he's you know the was a, for like for like about a good 18 months to 24 months, 50 was the hottest thing on the fucking planet. Oh, globally. Yeah. Globally. Not just in New York. Like globally. He was the hottest dude on the planet, yo. And like I have I have even even with Kendrick Lamar and the way that he took over when he came out, I don't think I don't think it was as as full as what 50 did. Like 50, I don't know, man. When 50 came out, everything stopped moving. Everything. Everything. Like there was nobody yeah. else that could put... You People put out music. Don't get me wrong. People put out music. People had hits. But if you ask anybody, what do you remember about 2003 musically, as far as hip-hop is concerned, 50 Cent's going to be the first thing that comes out your yeah. mouth. You know, I'd, I don't say Wayne, I'd say Wayne too, though. <laughs> I'd easily say Wayne too. Yeah, though. because Wayne was always hot. Yeah, I, I, I'll give you that. Wayne was, I mean, Wayne's always had a thorough, a thorough following. Like his yeah. fans are, 
his fans are really good fans. <laughs> I'll give I'll give that to him. You know, um, I don't know, man. I just remember he had man, he was crazy. 50, when Fifty came out, it reminded me of like when when Nas dropped Illmatic because in New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, that whole tri-state area, that's all you look. That's all we heard. That's all you heard out of every car, in every club. It was fifty. And you guys were listening, and you guys were listening to um, mixtapes prior prior to, to that. Yeah, right. exactly. But when, yeah. No, when only the East Coast really knew who Fifty was, right? Yeah, yeah. I didn't. I didn't know about Fifty until the in the club came out. Yeah, see, I mean, I mean, I, I still go back and listen to Fifty Cent is the Future, which is a right. mixtape that he put out. I still go back and listen to that mixtape all the way through from song one to the to the last song on that mixtape because the mixtape was so dope. I mean, he just had the streets on lock, man. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um but yeah, even even 50 as far as growth, right? Since we were talking about growth, like his show for life and he's getting ready to do the BMF story and you know he's he's got the power and the power spinoffs and like just pure I think he still drops some some crazy hot records from time to time too. Yeah, he does. Yeah, every now and then he'll drop something. Yeah, yeah, I, I'll give him that. Yeah, I, definitely. But I, I love to see the growth of what he's doing. I love the way that he's taking over Hollywood right now, and 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 they're letting him put out these stories that he wants to tell. And these are stories that I think that I think need to be told for 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 us in general. You know what I mean? Because a lot of times, what happens in Hollywood is that they'll get a hold of a story of ours, but they won't. They won't tell it the way that it needs to be told. Right. You know what I'm saying? And I think, I think for the most part, like even with even with even with Power Book Two, which is not as great as Power, and I, I've got my my feelings about it. It's not as dope as I thought it was gonna be, but it's all right. Um, I think that, like, I think Fifth is trying to tell those stories that need to be told. I think he's right. trying to, to to let people into our world and say, look, man, you may see it from one point. But we always see it from a different point. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, black and brown people just in general, like we we look at things differently. We don't look yeah. at things the way that the way that white America looks at it. You know what I mean? We always look at things with a different eye right. because we because we've been trained and taught to do that, because that's just how society has yeah. been towards us, that we have to look at things with a different eye. You yeah. know what I mean? Um so I think that I think it's good to have more of our people in positions where they can tell our stories the way that they need to be told. They need to, exactly, yeah, man, I completely agree with you on that. Um, it's just uh, I, I'm waiting more for artists uh, to grow like that, you know. And I don't, I want to see young artists try to develop into something like that earlier than waiting. 20 years into their career or, you know, as opposed to like, like, let's say, let's say, for example, the baby wants to go and do a filming and I would yeah. like to see something like that. That'll be yeah. awesome. One story or do something yeah. like doing. I would like to see a lot more younger artists transition into. I think we're going to see that. I think we're going to start to see that. Like, cause I was just checking the numbers the other day. Right. And I was thinking to myself, okay. Hove announced that he was a billionaire in 2019 yeah right um so that was 23 years from the time that he dropped reasonable doubt mm -hmm. right kanye west 
is a billionaire and his first album came out what 15 years ago yeah 2003 2004 2003 i think uh college dropout came out 2003 yeah because 2004 was uh okay so what 17 years or whatever it is so yeah. so i think you're going to see an influx of that i think the next person who you're going to seek from hip-hop that's going to become a billionaire that's going to branch out and grow in other areas and do all these different things they're going to do it in 10 years and then there's going to somebody's going to come along that's going to do it in seven years then right. somebody's going to come along that's going to do it in five years and from there the blueprint is laid like yeah it's going to be a consistent thing that you're going to see across the board within our culture you know yeah. what i mean and i and i that's what i love about hope because you he gives you he gave you a blueprint of right. what what he did it may not work for everybody but what he did it, it worked for him, you know, yeah. but he, but that, what he did is he gave a lot of people hope. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And for us, sometimes coming out of our community, sometimes hope is the biggest thing that you can fucking have, bro. Yeah. You know? Fortunately, yeah. Yeah, unfortunately, you know, but yeah. But you know, do you think that the reason why um the consistency might just kind of get smaller and smaller within the years as a, like, for example, you just said in five years, it's going to take somebody seven years or, you know, and stuff like that. Do you think that has to do with uh, the fact that we have all this sort of technology now and we have yeah. many ways to try to, to actually achieve our, our dream? Because obviously back in 96, you couldn't just be like, Hey, I'm going to go to the homie's house. And cause he right. has a, he has a microphone, he has an interface and he has pro tools unlocked and boom, let's right. go and record. So do you think that that's, becoming easier just based on the technology as a whole that we have and our the opportunities with the social networking and stuff like that or, or I think I think it's a combination of all of those things. You know what I mean? I think um I, I think that um I, what I think the most is that the millennial generation don't want to be broke. I think that's the first thing. Mm. That's the first thing. Right. Right. Because what they see is not always real life, but they want to make it real life. What they see on Instagram, they know, okay, this may not be real life. This person may not really own a Maybach. They might, they may not really own a, you know, um, a Lamborghini or whatever. But they, but they're thinking at a young age, seven, eight, nine, ten years old. They're like, I want to be able to live like that. Right. right? So I think that's the first. That's the first thing. And then the second thing on top of all of that, which makes that dream a re which, which 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 can make that dream a reality, is because there is technology out there. And then on top of the technology, there's people that are still relevant that look back and say, "You can do it too." Yeah. I did it. You can do it too. More you know of an influencer kind of like influencing the older yeah. older generations, influencing yeah. the younger. Like part. anybody that listened to Kanye in in in, in 2005, that was your age and and. and in that age bracket coming up back then around that time when Ye was the hottest dude on the planet, they're all looking at Ye right now saying, yo, I can do exactly what he's doing. They're, most of them are already doing it. You're yeah. already in Japan. You're already working on your dream. You're already doing what you want to do for a living, right? Yeah. And, yeah, that, yeah. And, that comes, and that comes from you seeing that at a young age, that something inspired you that made you say, look, I want to be able to do, I want to be able to do this. I want yeah. to get up, I want to be able to get up every morning and do this. This is what I want to do. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. I think that comes from seeing, you know, your predecessors and, and people that came 
before you, I think it comes from seeing those people and, and, and believing in, in what they, what they, what they showed you, you know what I'm saying? Like they gave, they gave you music that you could identify with, but yet they also showed you something that you had never seen before, which gave you the courage to say, I can do that too. You know? So I think that's a big thing. It's also like a big, um, I think ultimately it's, it's, it's whoever really wants it at the end of the day too. Cause yeah. You can take all this vast knowledge that's being given to you basically for free, but if you don't know how to, you know, use it or utilize it to your best advantage, then what does that, you're going to be in the same position. At, yeah, absolutely. So, so, so it's at the end of the day, I feel like it's whoever wants it the most too. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, 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 and um, yeah, with that being said, I, I, I do think that the, the newer generations to come are definitely going to have it a lot much easier than me. Well, a lot much easier than you coming up, OG, because I know I know you could have just go to the studio like like how I <laughs> you know, just wanted a ghost. It was not <laughs> you know? easy, B. It I'm was, trying to I, tell you. I'm not I, even going to hold you. It was not easy at all for my generation, I, bro. You know, like, it was I just... That. I feel that 100%. But we, but we love but we loved it. <laughs> I'm blessed growing up. I feel like... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but I we loved it so much, man, that it was like, well, I'll speak for myself. I loved it so much that, you know, even today, I still always do something that keeps my foot inside this industry door. You know right. what I'm saying? Um, I, I'm fortunate enough where I can mostly pick and choose, you know, what artists I want to cover, what artists I feel like interviewing and things of that nature, like, like I, I've 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 put in enough work where I can do that. You know what I mean? Like I think my track record speaks for itself. When I bring something to the table, I'm bringing something to the table with passion. You know what I'm saying? Um, and 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 most of the time, the outlets that I work with and stuff like that, it doesn't take them long to see that. You know what I mean? You know, and and I think that that's a that's a good thing. But that only comes from the passion that I have for the culture. You know Absolutely. what I mean? I'm always gonna have passion for this culture, man. Always yeah. because. For me, hip hop was always there, even when nobody else was. You know what I'm saying? Like I could always, I could always put them headphones on, and the music would always take me to another world. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? So for me to be a creative person, that came from being able to to be a part of this culture, man. It came from it came from looking out my window in the projects and being able to see it, and then it came from moving to a neighborhood in Queens where I got to be a part of it. You know right. what I mean? And then, you know, from there, it just stemmed, you know, throughout the years, man, just always being able to have my foot in the door and just do something to contribute something to the culture, man. You know, I think that's, that's the biggest, that's the biggest thing, man. You know what I mean? You want to be able to look back on shit when you're gone and be like, even if it's a minuscule amount, you want to be able to look back and say, I did something. Yeah, I was fortunate enough to be able to do that. Yeah, exactly. Exactly, man. I feel so, that 100%. Yes. So my brother, man, thank you very much, man, for, for joining me again on, on episode 12 of The Essence, man. I, I really appreciate you stepping in and, and, and being my sidekick and my homie and my partner doing this with me, man. You know what I mean? Anytime, like, bro. Yeah, Anytime. man. I got to, you're the hip hop encyclopedia, man. <laughs> me out a lot too. You know, I, every, every, every conversation we have, I always be, I always gain new knowledge. I have confidence that in another 10 years, I'll 
I'll take all that knowledge that you passed on to me, and I'm and I'm gonna be the next hip hop encyclopedia. <laughs> <laughs> and pass that on, pass that on, pass that on down to the next exactly, generation, man. man. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely, man. Well, yo, this has been episode twelve, people. Validated Magazine, Tent TV collaboration, man. You already know what it is. It's the essence, and we will catch y'all on the next one. Out. Peace.